0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help us spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help others find this podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Amen. you may be seated. That wasn't half bad, Adam. Adam was 12 when he started coming to Jewel City. He couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. And I worked with him for a long time. And when I got him to where he could carry a tune, I thought, Lord, whew, don't send me no more. Then Carrie came along, and she couldn't sing either. And I worked with her. So, uh, God is good, is he not? Amen. I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. And, uh, the title was just three words, but very, very important words. Here am I. And I know you are just seated, but if you're able, stand with me f- for the reading of the word of God. Exodus chapter three, verse one through 10. I got to tell this. Uh, some of you already heard it, but many of you haven't. He's talking about his, son, Rush, Adam married my niece, and uh, little Rush would be my great nephew. Adam was laying down with him about a week ago, and Adam said, Rush, you seem like something's wrong. And he said, Dad, I just can't decide what I want to do when I grow up. And Adam said, well, Rush, you got a lot of time ahead of you. And Rush said, well, I'm waiting to see if I get tall. (laughs) Look at his dad, okay? That's all I got to say about that, and his grandpa. He said, if I'm tall, I'm going to play in the NBA. If I'm short, I'm going to work at Gibby's Diner down in (laughs) Sinston. I might tell that again next Sunday. So they got him an application. (laughs) Now Moses kept the flock of (laughs) Jethro, his father-in-law, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Have you ever said to the Lord, here am I? And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down, think about this God saying, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up and out of that land unto a good land and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. In verse 10, he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee into Pharaoh. What a task. One man going to be sent to Egypt to lead God's people out of slavery. One man. That thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, God, that you would bless it God, that you would control my lips, that everything that would come would come from you, God. I pray that our hearts would be open, ready to receive what you would have for us this day. In Jesus' name, and amen. Here am I. You may be seated. God calls people to to serve him. Has God called you to serve him? It's often thought of, well, only a pastor gets a calling. That's not the case. We all have something God has called us to do. Just think about who it is that renders this call. It's the sovereign Lord and majesty of all. It's God himself who actually stoops down and offers you and I the privilege of serving him. And I I used that word privilege uh, earlier this morning with the band and, and the choir. It is a privilege to serve God. It's not a a chore. It's not something that should be hard. It is a privilege. Whatever God has called you to do, whether it's clean the bathroom or have a prayer ministry or whatever it may be, it is a privilege. I, I am privileged to be able to pastor this church and to be able to preach the word of God. It's a privilege. It should stir. It should excite us. We should be looking for the call of God on our lives, the call of Moses, Moses had been the prince of Egypt, and a disappointed Pharaoh was seeking moses 's life and Moses was forced to flee down into Midian and when he got to Midian, uh, he, he met a man by the name of, uh, of Jethro uh, uh, that was the priest of Midian, and he began to be a shepherd uh, and watch his sheep, and later on he marries his daughter and listen in verse one again, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God 40 years. Once you think about that, 40 years is a long time. 40 years he stayed there on the backside of that mountain, and he tended to the flock, 40 long years. I want you to note the kind of person that God called Moses was a shepherd which suggests that he had a heart that would lead people. When the call of God came to Moses, he was tending the flock of his father-in-law. His job was to feed and to water the sheep, to guide the sheep. His job was to seek and to save whatever sheep may become lost. His job was to protect the sheep. Kind of makes me think of my position as a pastor. God's call does not come to a particular profession. God's call comes to a particular heart, a heart that is willing. When I prepared this, and I just had a desire to read through the book of Exodus this week, and I said to myself, what qualified me? No education, really. No mentor ahead of me. What qualified me to receive such a call from God? It's a heart that loves people, that cares about people. God's not concerned about what you know. God's concerned, are you available? Little is much when God is in it. God can use you. One man, look what God did with one man. Think about what God can do with you this morning. God's call come to a particular heart that is willing to tackle a heroic task. One man, one man. God's call comes to a person who's willing to feed and to guide people, to seek and to save people, to protect and keep people for God. I probably would have not have used this passage Sometimes back, but after 27 years, I'm gonna share Jeremiah 3 and 15, and I will give you pastors, pastors, according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. What qualified me was my heart. What qualified Pastor Rita was her heart. What qualified Pastor Aaron is his heart. What qualified Pastor Micah and Pastor Carry is their heart. God has filled our hearts. Each one of us have a different gift that we bring to the table, but we all have the same heart and the same heartbeat, and that will accomplish much when we know that God has called us. You ought to give God a hand clap, a praise for the other pastors on staff. God promised to give his people leaders that would follow him filled with wisdom and and understanding. We need to look to our leaders and be able to trust our leaders for guidance and direction. I'm privileged to be called to this church, privileged, honored. I tell our staff all the time, it is important that we live what we preach. We've got a call on our life. I tell our staff, always guard the call that is on your life. Pray to God, we need to pray to God that our leaders in America, in our small communities, in every church would seek God, seek God's will, that would be filled with godly guidance. Can someone say amen? God's call comes to a heart that is willing to shepherd people I think about often when I go into a funeral home and I said this many, many years ago to God. I said, God, don't allow my heart to become hard to where I just walk in the door and do a job and leave. It's always someone's mom, dad, brother, sister, child. We gotta have a heart that is both tough and tender. Sometimes I gotta make tough decisions, but I don't want those tough times to callous my heart because my heart's got to be tender. You got to keep your heart right with God. You got to have a hard, a hard heart at times, but it's got to be compassion, disciplined and soft. I like the word balance. Moses was a common laborer, shepherd's job, demanding long hours. I'm sure it's oftentimes seven days a week around the clock. God does not call lazy slothful people. Doesn't do it. I don't believe it. Not often will a lazy person finish a task. A lot of, and I'm preaching this morning because there's a lot of meat on this bone, a lot for us to learn in our daily lives. God does not call lazy, slothful people. A lazy person will not work hard, will not work long hours. My friend sitting there, 70 years old, I call him, where you at? I'm up on the hillside building fence. Every time I call, they've been successful. I'm just using an illustration, why? Because they work hard. Can I tell you again, I wouldn't have preached this a while back, but I sit in my office now and I'm thankful and I think back to when we started 27 years ago in a garage. We didn't have nothing but the presence of God and that's all we needed and the love for God and for each other. Down through the years, it it was hard work back then. I didn't come to a plush office. I I can remember, Lynn, my my desk was a a folded up card table that was rusted and I had one metal chair that was all rusted and I thought, man, George Jefferson, I've done moved on up. There wasn't no staff and I worked hard with the volunteers and a lot of you are still here. Work, somebody say work. It's a four-letter word, but it ain't bad. Listen to me. God needs people who are not lazy. Oftentimes, a lazy person won't finish a task. Down through the years, I've had so many people come and say, well, Pastor, God has called me into this or into that, and six weeks later, it's over with. Let me tell you something. I thought about this in between the services. A true call from God on your life will cost you something. You need to hear me. It will cost you a lot. You need to hear that. God needs people who are not lazy. And I compliment our staff and I compliment all of our volunteers at this church because bar none, they don't take a second place to nobody. And if you appreciate them, you ought to give God a hand clap and a shout of praise for them. Proverbs chapter 13, verse four, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Work, somebody say work. In the beginning, Genesis 2 and 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. It's been a part of God's plan from the beginning, it's to work. Go to work. Work and do as unto the Lord. Give your employer the best day that you can for a good day's wages. Show up early, stay a little bit late when you have to. You be faithful with a small thing, God will promote you, do you hear me? When it comes time for promotion, they're not looking for the lazy one, they're not looking for the one that shows up late, they're not looking for the one that leaves early, they're looking for the one that's gonna show up on time or early and stay extra when need be. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. (laughs) Those who are able to work should do so, I'm saying those that are able. I'm not saying those that cannot. I'm not saying that, 2 Thessalonians chapter three, verse 10. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear, the, <laughs> for we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. We command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ, you do your work quietly and earn their own living. I chuckled there in the middle of that because a thought had come to my mind several years ago. One of the men that goes to church here uh, at the time was not working. He didn't. I, I, his grandma called me and she said, listen, I got a message for you to preach this Sunday. And I said, what's the message? And she said, if you don't work, you don't eat. And she said, my grandson will be there and I want you to blister him. What she said, and I said I appreciate you for the. And she said the Lord told me to tell you. And I said well I appreciate the insight, but the Lord didn't tell me. I wanted to, but I didn't. Listen to me. In this Second Thessalonians, it seems to me Paul is scolding some Christians who refuse to earn their own living. And then Billy Graham wrote about this text, and Billy Graham said if it if you are able. And if you have the opportunity, then you need to work to provide for yourself. Is there any old school people in the house that would agree and say yes? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, he better move on. Exodus 3 and 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Who was this? Was this God himself or an angelic messenger? Who, who? Well, let's look at what the Bible said in verse four. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, when the Lord saw, and this just came to me earlier when I preached it at nine o'clock, the Lord was watching. And when the Lord seen that he would stop and pay attention, How many times have you and I missed great opportunities and great blessings of God, a call on our life when we didn't take time to stop? God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Moreover, he said in verse six, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. The messenger seems to be the Lord God himself. More particularly in this text, the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ. Note that the Lord appeared as a blazing fire from within the bush, a flame that would not quit and would not consume the bush. God has often used fire to symbolize his presence. The point is this, God himself was meeting Moses. It was a Shekinah glory. Moses needed a deep, intense, unforgettable experience with God. He needed an experience with God that would strengthen him and send him to Egypt and no matter what came his way, he had already been in the presence of God and there was no doubt in his mind that God was with him, God was for him and God was before him. Now I'm not comparing myself to Moses, but I said earlier as I sang that song, it had a special meaning. In November, right about this week, 1993, pulling a bus into Noah's Ark Assembly of God in Fairview to sing with Jewel City Quartet. And I'm driving the bus and God give me a vision of opening a church and I can remember saying to myself, God, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. That's not the right answer. The very next night at Prickett Fort Union Mission Church in Fairmont with a quartet and a band behind us and I'm singing that verse Child of the King which I just sang minutes ago. They tell me the microphone fell out of my hand onto the floor. I laid down face down on the floor and for about 10 minutes the band and the singers continued till they realized something was happening. They played their instruments down and they got around me and I couldn't speak. And I experienced a meeting with God. And they tell me after about 30 minutes or so I got up and I spoke that God had called me to open a church and name it Jewel City. Within a week I had that in the newspaper and I spoke that they would be over 500 people. The church would grow to over 500 people why did I have such an intense meeting with God? Because I can stand here today and look back and say, if I hadn't have. Maybe I couldn't have made it into through some of the problems and the difficult times, but when God calls you and you have that kind of Shekinah glory meeting with God, hell can show up on your front porch I'm not speaking bad about any other pastor, but I've had a lot of men of God tell me that they've experienced burnout, that they quit. And I'm not saying that's not real, but I'm saying I've never had burnout, never thought about quitting, never had a day I didn't want to come to work, had a lot of days I didn't want to deal with what I had to deal with. And I'm going to speak something else. I'm not going to experience burnout. Because God has called me and anointed me and he's equipped me and you're not going to experience burnout. Some people come to me and there's different seasons in our life. And I don't know why I'm going this direction because I didn't go in the first service. But right now we need helpers in all of our ministries. And people have dropped out for whatever reason. I'm not saying some are not good reasons. But I'm telling you, God needs godly people to lead our church. And that's just not in the pulpit. It's in every area of our ministry. And we don't need you to burn out. We need you to rekindle, refire, and say, God, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to give you my very best. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Every believer, every believer should seek a deeper experience with God to know more, to draw closer to God. He's been good to me. As Adam said, he's been good, been faithful. So what does Moses do? And Moses said, I will now turn. He made a decision. He could have went the other direction. He may have been busy. He may have been occupied. He may have had fishing on his mind or deer hunting. But he said, I got to stop. When God speaks to you, you better stop. You better heed, I don't care what it does to change your plans. Again, not patting myself on the back. When I accepted that call, it changed my life and my family's life. Things that I used to enjoy doing, we didn't have time to do it. When God calls, you need to listen because God knows best. Do you hear what I'm saying? Every believer should seek that deeper relationship and Moses said, I will now turn aside. He took the time to stop and see this great sight Why the bush is not burnt. Just think of what would happen if Moses had not stopped. It would have affected the whole nation of Israel. He would have missed, Kenny, his blessing of God and his call of God. I'm glad that I heeded to the call of God. You all are a blessing to me. Many of y'all would have never met that hadn't been for the call in my life, don't miss the call. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't miss the call. Most people are not willing to stop and to seek spiritual things. The older you get, the less other things matter to you. We're just a pilgrim. We're just passing through this land. This is not our home. Don't get caught up in being comfortable with this place because it ain't home. The person that will truly seek the Lord will find the Lord. Hallelujah! Since his presence in the house. Are you truly seeking him with all your heart? Or are you half-hearted? Half-hearted will always fail. Deuteronomy 4 and 29, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, you will find him. If you're not half-hearted, you will find the Lord. Isaiah 55 and six, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. So let's look at the call from God to Moses. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, when the Lord saw that he stopped and he turned aside to see, bam, his calling came forth. When the Lord saw it, the Lord was watching him. God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said unto Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. The three best words Moses ever spoke. Here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. He said, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. God calls to a seeking man or woman, a man who seeks to understand the truth and the meaning of things of God. Proverbs 8 and 7, I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Jeremiah 29 and 13, and you shall seek me and find me, wherein you shall search for me with all of your heart. Is your heart right? Have you given God all of your heart? God's called us is personal, it blows my mind. He knows my name, do you hear me? He knows my name. Exodus 33 and 12, I know thee by name. Thou hast also found grace in my sight. Here's the key. You must always respond positively when God calls, no matter what it is. I don't know how many times a week I get a call from people, and maybe that's exaggerating. Maybe it's not many times. In a month's time, I get many calls. Hey, pastor, God told me to tell you that so-and-so is sick and they need you to go pray for them. And used to, I'd jump in my car and I'd go. But now I got a little bit more wisdom because I'm not doing that individual any good on the phone. And now I say, now wait a second, why didn't God tell me? God don't need to go through you to get to me. Now listen, if you can't go, I'll go. But you're gonna miss the blessing. When God calls you, I don't care what you're doing. that somebody needs prayer, stop doing what you're doing and go be with that person. I don't know where that comes from. Would you stand with me this morning? God calls us to a personal relationship. Have you said, here I am? here am I, you gotta obey God's call. Do exactly what he wants you to do. And I may have had you stand early. (laughs) You might be there for a few more minutes. I want you to think about in Genesis 22 and one, Abraham responded, here am I. First Samuel three and four, Samuel responded, here am I. Isaiah six and eight responded, here am I. Acts 9 and 6, Paul responded, here am I. And we're still reading about them today. God's still using them today. My, my, my. God's call was a holy call. It stopped Moses in his tracks. It took me to the ground. It humbled me in front of a group of people. And he said, draw not nigh hither, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place where on that stand is this holy ground. God in 2020 is still holy. God is still absolutely different than immortal man. He's pure, he's righteous, he's just, he's faithful, and he's eternal. And it ticks me off when I hear Christian people say the big guy in the sky, the big daddy, the big man. He ain't the big guy in the sky. He ain't the big daddy, he's God Almighty. He's a sovereign Lord and he deserves, he's holy. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. God is not your chummy friend, he's God, amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. He's God, who, who, who is it that's like God? Who, who is there? Who is there? Nobody. You like how I said it, nobody. Exodus 15, 11, who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders. Ain't nobody done me like Jesus. Ain't nobody going to. So what was the purpose of God's call? And I can take you through that scripture again. God's seen the sorrow. He's seen their misery. He's seen how the taskmasters abused them and cursed them and worked them beyond measure. God was deeply concerned about his people and he's deeply concerned about you and I. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. What are you carrying? God showed up as a deliverer. He delivered them out of Egypt. He's a redeemer. He'll never deliver you out of something that he doesn't deliver you to something. He delivered them out of Egypt, which is symbolic of the world, to a land he said was flowing with milk and honey, the promised land. The promised land there is symbolic to heaven. We've been called out of the world. We've been called to heaven where the milk and honey is flowing, which means he will meet all of our needs. Don't miss the call. Don't miss the call. One thing I forgot in the first service, not only does he hear our cry and our calls, he expects you and I to identify the needs of other people. In the first service, again in this service, I watch people, Pastor Micah, walk down and set the shoe boxes on both sides of the stage. Bless my heart. Romans 15 and one, we then that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please just ourselves. God came down to save his people. No matter what you're enslaved to, God is able to deliver you because God is a deliverer. 2 Samuel 22 and 2, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. God is a deliverer and a redeemer. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.